Keith, I appreciate that that prayer a lot, but um, just on what you shared on on that, we won't be different. Uh, that we won't be the same. That we will be di- be different. <laughs> we won't, won't be different. Ooh, that's a weird prayer. Um, I appreciate that, uh, and and really that's the hope. And 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 the thing that I, <clears throat> what have we been talking about the past few few weeks? If you've been here, anyone know the gospel? I guess, but I already I already know the gospel. We've heard it. If you've been in church any part of your life, you go, well, I, I know it. But I hope we sort of begin to root it out and really what it means and what it's about. So I'm going to uh, just just do a little quiz here. Um, first of all, welcome to the... Oh, I'm so proud of you. You got one thing right. That's good. The gospel is about who? God. It's about God and His what? Glory or Son. It sounds right, Son. That sort of fits. But it's about His glory and His name. The gospel about it, it, the gospel is about God and His 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 glory and His name. Now, some of you might be saying, "Well, I thought it was about me and trying to fix my sin." You, that's a part of that. But first of all, give me some descri- descriptions of God that we spoke about a few weeks back. God, God is what? I'll give you some nice, big, fat hints. God owns everything. everything. I like that voice. Um, he is. Wiser than everybody. Uh, his ways cannot be challenged. Ch- challenged is a good word. That that's it. It's it's questioned or challenged. Who are we to? If he owns it all and he is much wiser than us, then how can we even challenge? We cannot give God advice, and we cannot really give him. Anything because it's already His. We act like, well, I'm giving this to God. Well, the truth is, it's already God, and I'm just sort of, I'm, I'm taking it out of my hands and putting it back in His. But it's really His, even when it's in my hands. You got me. So whatever you earn for the rest of your life, the money, 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 or whatever, it, 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 it ain't yours. It's God's. Now, while the gospel's about God, its greatest beneficiary is who? Us, man. We are the greatest. It's about God and His glory. It's about to bring men unto Himself, but so God's name can be praised. Why do we share the gospel? We share it because everybody should worship God. God deserves everybody's worship. Everybody. Think of, think of everybody at your school. Everybody ought to worship God because He, he did, deserves their praise. Um, let's give some, some... We talked about... Two weeks ago, some biblical def- definitions of man. Uh, what, what can you use to in the Bible to de- de- describe man? What's the condition of man's heart? It's just gross. Orcish. 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 Yeah, there you go. Or- orcish. It's gross. Um, what are our, our greatest works by ourselves without God? What are what? What do they look like? Filthy rags, okay? Um, can we get to God on our own? No, we can't. The, the Bible's clear. You, you've got to have a way, and God's got to make a way. Now, sin has a cost, and that cost is what? Death. Something has got to die, as my sweet wife shared this past week. Um, did y'all enjoy it when she speaks? Is she just like a nutcase where she's like, oh, I can't wish I could express the way she does, but I'm not five foot and cute. So, um, I won't. Um, the first sin in the garden was covered by the death of of of, of who? You know, there's the first sin. What had to die as a consequence of that sin? 
First, man brought death into the world, but what, what died? Animals. Why? You know, I read, this is just a quiz here. Huh? The blood, but also to clothe them. God killed the, the things to get their hide and clothe Adam and Eve because the fig leaves weren't going to hold up for long. Uh, so God made a way, but it, it, it brought forth death. Um, the, it, Michelle spoke about the sins of the na- nation were, were covered when a priest would bring a what into the holy of, of, of holies. Boy, it's such a short word, and it just gets so long. Don't understand, huh? Yeah, a lamb. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, they, and they did do bulls. They they, they did birds. They did all sorts of. But the one day, uh, the day of atonement, Bishop. That was my bad. I didn't really describe the day. The one day a year where all the sins were recovered. It was a lamb would be brought in and killed. Now this is important on where we're going to go tonight. Okay. So a lamb would be brought and killed for the nation. And not until Jesus came as the perfect sacrifice did that ha- could that be stopped. They don't have to do that now. Why? Because he, gave, he, 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 he came to die for all and to pay for all, all sins. Okay? So my wife brought that in this past week. Do you all remember that, that we're here? Sort of? Kind of? Okay. Now, <clears throat> I want to talk about the cross. Do y'all, have you ever seen somebody at school wear a cross around their neck? Or if you're, in maybe high school, okay, hands down. Or a cross tattoo, right? As they're smoking a doobie. No, I'm, really, I mean, you see crosses, for a lot of these people, do they mean, do you think they mean the same to, to um, you as it does to, to them? Or what we've taught? Because I, I've got a lot of, um, um, I think, of of Timmy on his baseball team at at college, and there's a guy with tats and a cross, and but this guy is just living in the world all out for it, and he's like, dude, why you got that tat there? It's got a, what does that mean? And so it has had great talks with the guy. So the cross, we ha- we have the cross, we hold it up, but I want to see tonight what really does the cross have to do with the gospel? Why is it important? And and there, there's just uh, boy if. If we can get this, I hope, I hope y'all can catch this tonight. Um, but understand this. The cross was part of God's plan all along. It wasn't like, oh, what will we do? Mankind is a wreck. We've tried everything. Okay, I'll send my son. Uh, I'll do this. I want you to know that his son was there from the beginning. Who here learned the book of John, First John chapter 1 through 12 at camp or 1 through 11? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was with God. In the beginning. What's the next verse? Oh, that's beautiful. That was made. Right? Without him, nothing was made that had been made. It's like a repetitive part there, right? In him was life, and that life was the of men. Right? And so... In, it's talking about Christ. It's talking about G- Jesus. He was with God in the beginning. Okay? I challenge y'all, because some of you are going, oh yeah, wait, wait, I think I know it. I know parts of it. It's coming back. Read it again. It's great to learn at camp. It's great to know. But if you even begin now to go back to it and go, okay, I'm going to get this down again, it's going to really stick. And 10 years from now, you're going to know it. You're going to know it. And, and just putting the word in your heart. Um, it goes on and says, there was a man sent by God whose name was John. Okay. John 
And if you've got your Bibles, turn to the book of John. And I want you to see this verse, because we've talked about, Michelle brought out, um, they brought the lamb to be killed each, each year, one time a year, for the nation. And all of a sudden we see John, the guy sent by God to go to proclaim to the world, the Messiah is here, he's coming, get ready. In John chapter 1, verse 29, we see this amazing, um, to me it's an amazing verse, that, that should, when we know what the sacrifice is about and what the need is, says, the next day he, who is John, saw G- G- Jesus coming toward, toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, when what you've taught, you've been taught the past few weeks here, do you understand what that means? John is saying, as this guy comes up, Jesus has not made a name for himself at this point. He's not a prophet who's gone and spoken a lot. He's just beginning to do his ministry. John sees him. He's the one that he's been proclaiming about. He says, Behold, the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world. When they heard that statement, it was huge. They understood what it meant for the lamb each year to be, to be killed and the blood to be thrown on that mer- mercy seat each year and the cost that was paid. And all of a sudden he said, this man, this is the lamb of God who's going to take away all the sins of all the world, not just ours, but of the world. So this is a huge statement. So understand from the beginning, John points to Jesus as being the lamb of God. Now... <clears throat> Jesus lives, we're going to jump really ahead because I want to get to the cross. And I want you just to, we're just going to look at something. It's a little bit, I think it's a little tough, but um, just to take in. But Jesus lives life without sin. He, he is teaching the truths of God, pointing others to God. And, and healing, he's doing all sorts of things in the name of God for God's glory. And we get to this part in Mark Chapter 15, and that's sort of the main part. So if, if you've got your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 15. <clears throat> Just tur- turn there for a second. I want to turn to mine here as well. <clears throat> and your greatest fear is about to be realized. A stuttering guy is about to read a big portion of Scripture to, to you. Are you ready? I should do an accent, but I don't want to take away from the text. But I, I appreciate the... Um, I um, you did. All right. Mark chapter 15. And we're going to start in here in 14. I, I don't have it on the screen, but the screen will catch up to us in a, a second. Uh, and, um, and Pilate has just sort of, in his way, condemned G- 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 Jesus to die. He, he sort of gave... They, they gave a choice. And uh, do you want me to release... Uh, this bad guy or G- G- Jesus, and they say, release the bad guy. We we want this guy killed. Okay, so in verse um, thirteen, and they cried out again, crucify him. And and Pilate said to them, why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, crucify him. So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released them. Uh, Bar- Bar- Barabbas and having scourged Jesus he delivered him to be crucified 
verse 16. And the soldiers led him away inside the palace. That is the governor's head headquarters. And they called together the whole battalion of men. This is 600 men. So battalion, you think of a troop of six or eight or ten. No, it's a, it's a, it's a huge gob of men that are in this troop. And they clothed him in a purple cloak, and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on him. And they began to salute him, Hail, King of the Jews. And they were striking his head with a reed, and spitting on him, and kneeling down in homage to him. They were just like, they just mocked him. They just, just, just to his face, and just, just rude, mean. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the purple purple cloak and put his own clothes on him and they led him out to crucify him. Verse 21, and they compelled a passerby, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry his cross. And they brought him to the place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull. And they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him and divided his garments among them, casting lots for them to decide what each should take. And it was the third hour when they crucified him. And the inscription of the charge against him read the king of the Jews. And with him they crucified two robbers, one on his right and one on his left. And those who passed by derided him. Wagging their heads, saying, Ah, you who had destroyed the, the temple and rebuilt it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes mocked him to one an, a, another, saying, He saved others, he cannot save himself. Let the Christ, the King of is, Israel, come down now from the cross, that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified with him. The two two thieves also reviled him. That means they mocked him. They made fun of him. Now, understand this. When it says the third hour, that's not three o'clock in the day. Third hour, it goes by dawn to dusk. So the third hour would be 9 a.m. So they crucify him at 9 a.m. in the morning. So now we see it's the sixth hour. That means the sixth hour is, is high noon. Okay, the middle of the day, high noon. And when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. From noon to 3 p.m., it's dark. That's sort of odd, right? And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, behold, he is calling a... Elisha. And, and, and someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a reed, and gave it to him to drink, saying, um, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Top to bottom. Let, let's pray. I don't know about you. But there's something powerful about the scripture we just read. So um, just join me in prayer for a second. Dear God, I thank you for the chance to read the story of the price that you paid and um, what it cost you. And God, we don't take time to understand uh, 
how much you love us and, and what you did for us and, um, and the pain that you took on. And so, Father, in this time, for every heart that's represented here, Lord, I ask that you will just speak to each one of us, draw us close to you. And if we don't know you, Father, I just pray that, that you will work on our hearts for each one here um, just to draw near to you, to trust you, to put our faith in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Um, crucifixion is a gruesome way to die. The, the, the Romans had made it an art. There, there's, um, have you seen the guillotine right before the, this thing? Yes means, this means yes. Okay, that's good. That helps me out. This means, I don't know what, you look stoned. Um, guillotine is a quick, quick, quick way to die, right? Y'all agree with that? It would it be scary? Gosh, yes, it would be scary. It's clunk, 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 and you're waiting to hear that because you know. And then you wonder. I always wonder how how long can you do? You think at all? Like for two seconds as your head rolls? That's disgusting. Though, sorry. Um, that's just what I do on my spare time. Um, so there's quick ways to die, and in the the U.S., when there are killers on d- death row, they do it very quickly, very humanely. Back in this day, the the, the cross was a very uh, tormenting, painful way to die. Now, I want you to see a video by a medical doc, doc, doctor, and it doesn't get too explicit, um, but he he he's a believer, but he talks about what the crucifixion means and. As you read, as you hear this, if you've got your Bibles, start in, at verse 13. As he talks about the scourge, just read that verse as, just once or twice or however long you want to. And as it, t- it talks about more, it's just going to go down the, um, what we just read. So as, as the, the black thing comes upon the screen with words on it, try to find where that is and sort of read it and then hear what he has to say. Because I want you to know this is, this is real stuff, and I want you just to understand what went on there. So um, let's give that a shot, Smith. The, the, the scourge involved the use of a, a short whip with pieces of uh, typically metal, sometimes bone, sometimes pieces of porcelain wrapped in these leather straps, which is then utilized to, to come across uh, typically the back, the shoulders, the legs of the victim. Uh, and uh, the first few passes across a particular body part would tear through the skin, the fat, uh, but eventually, once the outer layers were were uh, torn away, it would start getting in the muscle and the tendon. And of course, along the way, you're ripping through all the blood vessels that supply all those tissues. And so you're losing blood the whole time. The plant that was described um, uh, actually had a very long thorn, um, not the little thorns that we would think from a rose bush. These were thorns that were uh, typically an inch and a half to two inches in length. The scalp is one of the most vascular portions of our body. It's got a huge blood supply up there. So then having those thorns shoved down into the, you know, down onto the bony plate would have gone through all the scalp which in and of itself would have created a huge amount of blood loss. Uh, I've seen people actually bleed to death from just a scalp injury. So uh, it's not a small injury to have, uh, who knows, dozens uh, of these things shoved into your scalp. And so that would have caused more blood loss.
Typically when a victim has to uh, uh, carry the cross, what has been described uh, in the literature, in, in actual Roman literature, is they, they describe, the, the, they, they carry the crossbar. Uh, and the crossbar is estimated alone, was estimated to weigh about 110 pounds. And of course, if your arms are stuck out here, wrapped up on the cross, crossbar, and you fall down, you need help getting up. You, you, you just can't get up on your own because there's no possible way without your arms to get up. So he would have needed help getting up. If he, fall, if he fell over, there's a good chance that he could have hit his chest, which, which then could account for the possibility of a cardiac injury. Anatomically, we consider the wrists as part of the hand. And so uh, with the placement of the nails between the radius and the ulna, at that position, it, it still fits, fits the definition of being in the hand, and it's in a position in which the nail won't rip out, which you have to have, you have, to have a solid point of fixation. Uh, another interesting point about the placement of that is the median nerve goes right straight through that particular uh, 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 portion of the wrist, and so there would have been uh, either destruction of the nerve or, or impingement of the nerve that would have created a tremendous amount of pain that every time you try to take a breath, you'd be, it'd be agonizing. You'd be pushing down on spiked feet, which of course hurt, and then you'd be hanging on spiked arms. And so you alternate from excruciating pain to excruciating pain every time you take a breath. So, so even if he survives the actual crucifixion, he would have had to survive what I believe to be a, a a lethal injury from the spear just to find out whether he was alive or not. What's described is the loss of water and blood and that would entail either the, the uh, uh, either pleural effusion or pericardial effusion and the blood would have come from either pulmonary artery, a pulmonary vein, the aorta or vena cava or the heart itself. None of those injuries unless you're treated immediately by a trauma surgeon like myself with all the advanced equipment that we have would be survivable after even a few minutes. Christ as the Son of God could have survived anything. He chose to manifest himself as a human at that point in time and allowed himself to die. And, and being human at that point in time, he could not have survived this particular series of traumas. It's not possible. Um, Christ as God could have survived anything they threw at him. And, but he chose to be Christ, the human, at that point in time to die for our sins. And that given that, that self-limitation of remaining to be human, he died. He did not survive the event. I, uh, I'm profoundly impacted by it. Because I realized that the price that he paid was something I'm not. I would be never be willing to do for probably anybody. It's very difficult for me to even sing songs about the cross, even in worship. Because I truly do understand what he paid, the price that he paid.
Um, <clears throat> that's pretty gruesome stuff. Do y'all all agree? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty intense. Um, you know, I wonder to myself, why, why did he have to die such, such a way like that? Um, why couldn't it have been quick and e- easy? And it was re- it's really grotesque and disgusting. And, and, and um, You know, it says in the scripture in verse 33, it says that at the sixth hour had come, which is at noon, it says there was darkness that, um, over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cries out, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And scholars, the the the, uh, the Greek scholars that look at the text, they, they're they're pretty convinced this is at the point. Whether it's this whole three-hour time when God takes the wrath, the sins of mankind, and He lays it on His Son, and in doing so, God cannot be with sin, and He He walks away from Him, and it's the first time ever they have been separated, and it's the last time they ever will be. But it's the first time, and the, in the ninth hour, when when Jesus cries out. Um, why have you forsaken me? Because the sins, the wrath of God on sin, because God hates sin and sin must be atoned for, is being poured out on His Son. And that, at that point, he, he, he dies. And the cross is so gruesome because I want you to understand sin is gruesome. Sin is disgusting. And there's no easy, clean way, nice way to get rid of sin or to clean sin. It should sicken us the more we think about it and go, God, I don't want any part of it. God, give me the strength to, to, to run away from it. I know it looks fun. And it, man, it looks fantastic. But when it gets on you, it's disgusting. And there's a great, gruesome, disgusting Penalty that must be paid, and that's what G- 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 Jesus did. But I want you to understand one truth, and understand this, because this makes the gospel even more powerful to me, is that J- Jesus was not killed on the cross. And some of you are saying, you're right, he rose again, and he did. But he wasn't killed on the cross, he gave his life up on the cross. He didn't have to stay there. He did not have to. He, was, he had all the power of God, the strength of God. He, didn't, he could have just said, I can take it. I can take it. But he gave it up. He took it all and gave up his life. And these truths, and I wanted to share the gospel, the point of us to share this, because these are the truths, the things that as you grow in your faith, that as you walk out of this place and you're at school or you're at work, or as you grow up and you've got... Choices make. Do I live for myself or do I live for God? These are the truths that all of a sudden you go, oh, you know what? I know what he did for me. I know that he, he stayed on that cross. He chose to stay there. I know the price he paid. I know the wrath that he took for me in my place. In verse 38, and if you can put that up, Samantha, have you got that on or no? Look at, at Mark chapter 15, verse 38. <clears throat> it should be down. Um, it says, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. This is the temple, the curtain. It's a very thick, thick, it's about um, two feet wide, uh, this way, thick curtain, wide curtain. That was the priest, the only one priest a year would go into the Holy of Holies to sacrifice 
the lamb. Now they would even take a rope and tie it on this guy's foot. So if he did something wrong and and and, and was killed, that they would drag him out so his body just didn't stay there. In, in the so it was a, a place that only the high priest could go one time a year. And and there there's there's something huge about the fact that at this point the Lamb of God that comes to take away the sins of the world who dies on the cross. The point that he dies and the wrath is paid. The debt is paid. The curtain's torn from top to bottom, not bottom to top, but top to bottom. Why? Because God did the tearing. And no longer was there ever a need for a sacrifice or, or man would have to use a priest to get to God. He made it available to those who believe in Him, those who seek Him. And that is just powerful. So tonight what I want to talk about was the cross and our response and just the wrap up here. As we've talked about God, who God is, and who we are in man, and we're so lost in need of Him. And as my, my wife spoke about, about um, how Christ came, and He was planned from the start, and how we look at how we pay the price on a cross. Um, what's your response? What's our response to it? And there's an old uh, 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 Amish saying that says, The same sun that hardens the clay melts the ice. Okay, the same sun... Up there, that hardens clay when it, it gets on clay, it gets it hard, it melts ice. And when the gospel is shared, every time it's shared, everybody who hears it, whether you know it or not, something is occurring in your life. Whether your heart is melting and becoming softer towards God, or it's going to harden and go away from God. And every time you share, even with friends or even begin to talk about God, I want you to know that it's like a fire. And um, you're taking a little piece of, of wood and you put it right here because I'm going to do a, a, a camp, camp, campfire. And so as you share again, you're going to come and get some more wood here. Have you ever tried to light a fire outside? Have you ever tried to light a fire outside with just big logs? Big log, like three big logs. Man, this thing won't light. Have you? It doesn't work unless you like spray it down like for an hour with gasoline. Don't do that, and um, or, or or whatever. You can't do it. You take small stuff here, there, here, there, here, there. I want you to know that when I was a teen, teen, teenager, I had a friend that began to talk to me about God. And I didn't want to hear a word of it, and I shut him down every time. Finally, he invites me to church because at church there are girls there, and that's great because when you stutter, you got to get every chance you can get. So, um, so I went. I was 16 at the time. And um, so I went to church, and the guy that spoke in church, the guy that would preach, would just blah, 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 blah. Probably like what some of you hear me right now as I speak, because I would just hear him talk. Yeah, it's great. He'd be good done. Okay, good. We can go out and do stuff. Great. I did that for four and a half months. I went to a camp. I still didn't care a lick. I really hadn't heard a thing that he said. But I, what I didn't know, that slowly my friend, that church, those I met, were, were, would take small things, and they begin to make a fire around my life. And I didn't know it, and it wasn't lit yet. And I went to camp, the fourth night of that camp. I'd been at camp, and they would just, la, la, la. They would just talk so long. I was just like, sometimes I'd be like, would y'all just shut up, you know, so we can go eat or, or snack. I'm sorry, that's what I was like. And the fourth night of that camp, all of a sudden, God lit that fire. And everything that guy said, I totally understood, and I could not. I, 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 I was amazed at who God was in an instant. But it was built up slowly by what people had done and God was doing and they didn't like the fire. They just put the stuff up there so it could be lit. And at that one point when I was ready, God lit it. And dude, I was sold. 
there was no doubt in my life. There's never been a doubt sense of who God was and who I am in, in spite of myself compared to who God is, who is amazing. So I want you to know that as you, sh- as you share and even as you sit and hear, you may not know it, but stuff is going on in your life. I believe that God does stuff and He, he begins to, to build ways that that fire can be lit in your life. And some of us, we, 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 we walk away from it. We're too caught up in the world. We, we, um, we just can't... We just can't let go of things. But understand this truth, and it's found in 1 Corinthians 3, 5. Um, Apollos, you know, Paul and uh, Apollos, and they're going, who do you believe? These two groups are going, do you believe him or him? And he said, well, um, I planted and Apollos watered, but God made it grow. And whatever you do when you share your faith or whatever is going on in your life right now, God is doing the work in you. And tonight, as you sit here, if God is speaking to you going, you know what, what that, that, that guy says who can't speak a lick, He's saying some really truth there about how I feel about you and what I did for you. And, and, and so when you hear God speaking to you, do not ignore him because he is beginning to light that fire in your life. And he's got a plan for your life. So the question is, what, what, what do I do? Okay, I'm here. There, there, there's two things that the Word of God says to do. It says to repent and believe. Mark 1, 15. I'm not going to go there. Repent and believe. That's what we do. Well, what does that mean? That means you know what sin is, and I think we all do. We may act like we don't, or even we do things, um, and we go, well, I'm, that's not really a bad sin. Sin is sin. We know what sin is. We repent from sin, turn away from it, and walk away from it. Repent in this goes, oh, well, I'm going to stop for today. Repent is, know it, dude, I need to get away from that, that junk and, and live for God with all I have. Repent and believe. Man, what do I believe? I believe that Jesus Christ lived a life without sin and he paid a horrendous penalty for my sin. He took the wrath of God upon himself so that I could have a relationship with God. That's what we are called to do. Now, some of you are saying right now, well, I've already done that. And, and, and man, I, I hope you have. I hope you have. Because I hope this. I hope there's been a time in your life you've been broken over your sin. Not, oh, yes, it's something that I need to do. But over your sin. God, I have sinned against you. I hope there's a point um, in your life where um, you understand what he did for you. And that could be through what we've talked this past Three weeks or four weeks. It could be what you heard at camp this past year. I hope you understand what he did for you. Um, And I hope you've turned away from your sin. And that you believe. And believing in Christ really shows forth in your actions. Because your life has changed in what you do. And that's what we call fruit. And if you don't have fruit, I'm not sure if you've got repentance down. And belief in Christ. If it's true belief in Christ. Um. If you, you haven't ever put your faith in Christ, there's no prayer that we say that you do here, but this is what we say you do. One more time. Repent and believe. Turn away from your sin and believe. And, and you know, sometimes you just have to go off yourself and say, God, I'm sorry. I know that I fall short. I know I can't do it. And I need you, God. I need you because nothing else works. And I need you in my life forever. I give you my life. That, 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 that's, and then you live. And my challenge for you, because we're not going to do an invitation night where you come forward, but if you do that, 
Dude, I would love to know. I would love to know because that is, it's awesome to see God at work in the lives of people. And I'd love for you to share with a friend or two here or everybody here. Repent and believe. You might be here, and and there could be a a few here that um, you know you believe in Him. You believe you've repented Him. You know you believe, but you're, man, I struggle. You understand, I struggle. I I, I think I do believe, but man, it's so hard. And let me tell you this. Um, If you believe in Christ, you've repented, and and you're in a struggle, can I tell you you're in the the right place? You're in the wrong place when you stop the struggle. Um, life is always going to be a struggle, but you've got to be moving toward, toward, towards God to some extent and walking away from stuff you know you ought to walk away from. And you know what? As I've grown, my list was, used to be like this big on what God said you don't need to be a part of. And it's grown to this big because God is trying to make me whole, 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 holy, not, not better than you. He's trying to make me whole, 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 holy so I can give him glo- glo- glory. And the closer I get to God, the bigger the list gets of, of man. And the closer I get to God, the more I look at myself and go, dude, I don't deserve any of this. And it gets, I, I feel less worth, worthy um, I think because I know more of who I am and how far I am from him, the more closer I get to him. Does that make sense? Sure it does. Uh, so my challenge for you is, if you're w- walking that way, keep on going. Um, fight. There's things I believe right now in your heart that you know, you know what, I, I need to let go of this. Whether it's a relationship, whether it's stuff that you watch, with, with, whether... Um, I mean, and you're, if you're not getting in the Word at all, you know that's in. Come on, how can you grow if you don't read the Word on your own? <clears throat> you just got to do it. But for some of you, let me end with this because this the gospel. Some of you go, well, I believe in Christ. Um, I've repented and believed. What do I? What do I do now? Besides beginning to live for Him, the Word of God does talk about being baptized. Okay. And being baptized is is what it is. And who here has seen this before in church? Some, some of you, yes, most everybody. What it is is that it's a symbol. It's a picture, and you do it in front of believers b- before the church, so the church will be encouraged because you're saying to them, "My life is in Christ. It's not my own. It is all His." And that's what it is. You're dying to you, 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 yourself, and you are being raised up in a new life in Christ. And that means you will never sin again. No. You will. But you're going to fight. And Christ in you is going to fight so much better than you can for yourself. So I've been in, I bring baptism up because I've been asked a few times by quite a few of you in here about that. And you've asked, well, I was baptized when I was, I've heard like one, I was baptized when I was one. And then I really baptized when I was 17. But um. Some of you one, some of you eight, some of you twelve, and you've said, but you know, since then, I don't believe, think I was a believer when I was baptized. So, my what they asked me, what do I do? And I'll say, well, if you don't really think you were a believer, then you had a bath in front of the church, is is what you did. And 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 the word says that when you repent and believe, and when you know you did, because it's a process. For some men, it could take a couple of years for that thing to stoke up and to burn and really light. But for some of you, oh. Obedience for you, and I, 
I'm not doing this. We don't really push baptism huge. We don't do them a whole lot here because we want to make sure you believe what you believe and you, you, we do it for the, the right deal here. But for some of you, um, you were baptized before you, you, you were saved or put your faith in Christ. And, um, and if, you've, if you were, you may want to straighten that up. It doesn't mean you're going to go to hell if you don't do it. Guarantee it. But being obedient to Christ and to what the Word of God says. That's why you would do it. Your salvation is not based on that. It is through repenting and believing. And it's through Christ's death on the cross. So my challenge for you is this. We've talked about the gospel now for four weeks. Respond to it. Respond to it. Because if not, it's just a waste of time. I mean, it's just a, and you're, 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 you're missing out on what God can do in, in your life. Next week, we're going to talk about the gospel and your responsibility. This week was more about your response. Next week's going to be responsibility. And we're going to do something, I think, very fun. My wife thought it was fun. So, But then she could have lied to me like she did the other time when she told me, oh, that's a great idea, the gospel, that's great. So she didn't tell me about that. Um, anyways, let's pray. Sign up for um, some of, of the events. If God is speaking to your heart, don't. Don't leave here without talking to somebody, or just you may even want to go outside and, and um, just say, "God, I need to give my life to you. God, I need your help with this." But don't miss out on, on the price that He paid, and it wasn't just a fit, a fit, 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 physical price. That is very small compared to the price of the wrath of God and the payment for our sins that He took. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you so much um, for the chance for us just to talk. Lord, I know it was a serious talk most of the time. Um, but Lord, this is just a, a serious issue. And Lord, help us to be uh, young men, young, young, young women who um, understand what the gospel is. We understand the price that you paid. And it changes the way that we live and that we just don't live like everybody else. But we live for your honor and glory that we're willing to go against the flow and just fight for you. Lord, I just pray for each one here, each heart here, each life here. Um, encourage them. And um, I ask that you will bless them. And uh, may we make your name great. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, don't forget to sign up for that stuff. Super Bowl party this week. Student Life Conference in two weeks. And we're done. Yep, yep.